0: Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on their quest to find love.
1: I am Jen Sanford, this is Kyle Marshall, and welcome to another Friday night where you don't have a date, mm-hmm. so you're stuck with the two of us. But it's okay, don't be super sad about it.
0: Yeah, it's fine. We're cool-ish. Uh,
1: oh, yikes. How are you, Kyle?
0: Uh, You know, I'm doing good. Today was uh, was a good day. Nice, bright, sunny day. I'm totally not trying to overcompensate about ready to fall on the floor and uh, fall fast asleep.
1: Oh, God. Well, yeah, good, good to be with you also, Kyle. How
0: about you? What was your day been? I don't
1: know. I'm happy to be with you tonight. I was thinking today, like, th- we've now done 34 of these episodes. Do you know how many right. hours that has been of us dissecting whatever the fuck is wrong with us? And making people join no, us. Now we're
0: closer to figuring it That's out. Right.
1: And making people join us in that pursuit. <sighs> anyway.
0: Well, to that point, we need to get right into it. Then tell me about your relationship scorecard here this week, Jen.
1: Yeah. So remember how a few weeks ago I said that being in a relationship with this guy Jesus, which of course is not, of course, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, our our Lord and Savior, is just a man who looks strikingly like fat Jesus. I said a few episodes <laughs> ago on. that being with him was like kinda like being in a hot air balloon. Like I don't really know how it works and it's like a little bit scary, but I'm happy to be in the basket. I would describe myself today as less excited to be in the basket. That's where this is going. I'm really proud that if there's one thing that Jesus has been able to do, it's bring out my inner ability to collect red flags. Like I've always just said on this podcast, you know, you don't need to collect a bunch of flags. You only have to collect one. No, apparently you can get the whole set and I'm well on my way. I'm sorry to
0: interrupt you here, Jen, but this is another great example of how in many ways we are polar opposites when it comes to our dating lives, because I don't know how many times you've made fun of me about like, just make a decision. Why you? do you have <laughs> to only go after one person? Blah, blah, Like it takes you so long to like go and do anything. And then for you, I think this is like the fourth week in a row. It's like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if it's going to work out. This
1: just, is 40th just the 40th week in a row. Just cut the sandbags and go. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think, you know what? I do know what's wrong with me. So f- a couple of things. First of all, you just apologized for cutting me off and I don't think you're sorry at all. So sorry, hashtag sorry, not sorry. <laughs> and secondly, I think that the problem is, is that I'm caught in all the pitches i'm dating a person who it is like incredibly high highs and then the lows are like awful and the problem that i have is that
0: so a charlie sheen character (laughs) is what you're trying to say
1: yeah yeah or like emilio estevez's career like high highs in mighty ducks (laughs) and then low lows like did he die i feel like that's the way it is is that i feel kind of like i'm on a game show Like when it's really, really, really good, I'm trying to stay in the really, really good. And then I'm like, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, because then I hit the bad and Mm -hmm. then I want to bolt, right? And of course, because we haven't been together very long and I have a penchant for being like, oh, this is hard. I want out. I'm trying to just really check myself. And I think in the process of trying to be like, hey, listen, I don't have to be a person who cuts and runs. I think I'm inadvertently in something that's getting kind of bad. So I would describe it today as I'm in the little hot air balloon. The hot air balloon is ripping. I'm going to fall to my death. I can feel it. There's no possible, like there's no parachute. There's no, I'm going to land in a thicket. Mm -hmm. And if, and it's, I'm just kind of like, well, maybe I'll die or maybe I'll be deeply disfigured when this is over but it'll probably be one of those two outcomes the highs and the lows i can't take it anymore i just i just think it's like an unnecessary evil and it's starting to just really piss me off because when it's really good it's like really working and i'm like oh my god like i'm really kind of in love with this guy and then when we hit a bad i'm like what the fuck is going on i gotta get out of here I got to get out of here. What's going on? And then mm-hmm. it gets good again.
0: We're getting ever closer to that contract that the psychic said that you were going to be signing.
1: Yeah. Now, during the summer at some at this point, point I'm so. starting to think it's going to be a bail bond because I will oh, have gone order. insane. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe I, yeah, I've, I'm trying to put what the psychic said out of out of my mind because I don't know what a contract could mm-hmm. be in July. And at this point, I I don't know, but we'll just use the podcast language, like to find and succumb to love. Well, I think I found love. I can't succumb to it. So, or Mm. conversely, I'm succumbing to it and I'm going to die. So I don't know where I stand, but I just know that there's like these little red flags, like his situation with his, you know, former partners getting complicated. He is very high, very low. You know, I just, I, I just kind of want stability. I'm 39. I have big life goals. I'm 39 now. I'm pretty fucking tired, Kyle. -hmm. So, and I mean, there's only so many times you can just you can just say, "Can this be stable?" Before you're like, "Oh, he's not listening at all." Like he's not listening at all.
0: You should write into our fishbowl. Maybe maybe we can answer your question. That's
1: right. Answer my questions in the fishbowl. Kyle, where are you in this relationship scorecard? Like you've let me down on the group sex. You've let me down on the on the on the crush thing. You've just I feel so let down. And I speak not just for me. I speak for all of our all of our viewer.
0: I just want to put a bit of foreshadowing into like seven episodes from now <laughs> where the the crush thing might have an epic story that I'm about to tell or it's going to crash and burn, but we'll put a pin in that and return to it in like 2 months. That's Regardless, right. New York State of Mind. I want to talk about New York State of Mind who I discussed last time. Yes. Guy I met on Hinge. Yes. Jen, uh, we've now seen each other three times, we've gone out three times, we've gone back to his place twice. In a way, I wish that this relationship had been going on a few weeks ago, because then I would have had more to contribute in that episode we did, where we kind of discussed incompatibilities of emotion. Because I can tell 100% that he is way more into me than I am into him. And it's a weird situation for me to be in. It, it does happen. And this is the thing. Even after date two, I want to be actually very fair to this gentleman. I think I said this last time too. He's great. He's a good guy. He's funny. He's charming, super creative. Like, people would be lucky to date him. And for some reason, it's just like, I'm not feeling the whole thing anytime we've hung out. This is how sad my life is. I get the little animated, like, devil and angel on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And Of course, the devil is Jen Sanford. So the devil is over <laughs> here on my left shoulder, and it's a little Jen Sanford in, in a Satan costume. A
1: little Jen Sanford. That wait, that TikTok writes itself.
0: The angel, of course, is Christopher Walken. So he is obviously I'll over sure. here in his little like uh, angel outfit, and he and he's, he's and he's like. Give it a chance, you know, that kind of stuff. And old Jen Sanford is over here. And it's like, you always give up too easily. You're always trying to run away. Anytime happiness comes, you like to self-destruct. And so I've been kind of just like going through the motions. And I don't know. It's just, I feel awkward. I feel in this weird situation where it's like, do I just cut and run now? Or do I just see where this progresses? But then I feel that I'm just leading someone on where I just don't feel like it's, it's going anywhere as of yet. Okay, so To a person that's good. Like, it's not like I, there's a huge red flag or anything that's being raised.
1: So three observations there. First of all, I am absolutely yeah. the foil to Christopher Walken. And you should do a Christopher Walken impression <laughs> more often. Secondly, I feel like in the spirit of us being so trigger shy about self-sabotage, we're both in hot air balloons that we want to get out of <laughs> Now my hot air balloon is it's floating like, by yours and being like, how are we in this? How do we get out? Um, just jump, dude, just jump. Um, just jump in. Just, just jump, jump, jump in. And so then the, the third question I have is like, why aren't you into this guy? Like, what's wrong? What's the problem? That sounds so mean. Kyle, what's the problem?
0: Well, God, that seems that sounds so mean. I think it might be. Like, I don't know. I, I just I, I I can't verbalize it. I think what it basically is, it's one of those things where you often start to compare yourself to like the grass is greener. Or I can envision myself with this other person that I'm not in a relationship with. And so he is giving me like, say, like a six out of the ten things that I want. I'm like, well, maybe there's someone who can give me seven or eight out of the ten things that I want. Like I can totally tell. That he is super into it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we can do something, I guess. Yeah,
1: but that's his journey, right? It's How like he chooses to feel about you is your thing. If you're still just trying yeah. to figure it out, run your race, right? Like don't lead him on, but just run run mm-hmm. your race. How much do you think that your hesitation might be because you're going to face your crush and you don't wanna you don't wanna close a door?
0: Yeah, it's I think a lot. Of the reason that this is kind of hanging in the air, although I think that that's an easy excuse. To be perfectly honest, because even excluding that, I don't think I'd be like su- I'd be super into this relationship either.
1: Okay, so last question. But
0: definitely yes, I think that's impacting it.
1: Okay, last question: What's keeping you in it? Was mm-hmm. it just the sex?
0: Well, we technically haven't had sex yet. We have we <laughs> oh. we have orgasmed in the same room. But that's not the same thing. I honestly I just let me give you an example of what happened the other night. Okay. This should be like the perfect Kyle night because I'm invited over. We watch On the Town, starring Gene Kelly and Frank Sinatra, and I'm already in heaven. I'm like, yes, of course. Which you're gonna watch the
1: whole film while they're like
0: Yeah. Pawing um, at my groin, and I'm just like, "Did you know that Gene Kelly did this maneuver?" And he actually had to do <laughs> like trying to explain. Yeah. Did you know that Leonard Bernstein was only 30 years old when he was writing this music score? I'm like, whatever, who cares? <laughs> you know, we have some fun times. Go to the bedroom. We have some gin drinks. It's great. And then we end off watching an episode of Feud, which is about Betty Davis. <laughs> and uh this person
1: not your soulmate my god and betty davis
0: What's, what's what's her name not joan collins joan crawford joan crawford betty davis and joan crawford fighting each other and like this is like the best thing ever in the entire world why am i not into this oh my god
1: and then and then like what were you thinking like i'm happy to be here or at what point do i get to go home
0: uh, now that you you keep kneeling me like a good uh, psychotherapist would,
1: <laughs> it's like a good friend would. You meant to say friend there, buddy?
0: Like an, a good psychotherapist would. <laughs> I I think what I what I what's going on is like, oh, we should be friends. Oh. <laughs> I don't think we should be romantic partners. We should just be friends and hang out and do this stuff, not the sexy time stuff. But <laughs> just hang out and do this stuff because that's what I'm enjoying out of this.
1: Uh no.
0: Why? <laughs> Why? No.
1: No. <laughs> Why? I'm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I new to this podcast? I have been trying to be your friend. For three fucking years. And you're just gonna let one guy make you come, and then you get he gets to just an automatic free pass, like a Disney pass to, to the front be, of the line to be, fair, to be friends with you. Are you crazy? Are you trying to hurt my feelings? It's bad enough. I spend every Friday night with you. And this is what yeah. I get. Some guys like, I'll like, oh to be fair,
0: Jen, you've never tried to ensnare me with Gene Kelly.
1: Oh my <laughs> god. Okay, well, now I'm mad. Are you sorry? No. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you're not. Of course you're not. I want to just, before we move into the theme of the episode, which is about being sorry, I want to say that I had an experience that tells me that this podcast really is starting to resonate in the community where we live. I go to the Apple store because I'm on the hunt Mm -hmm. for some new tech. And I'm standing in the dead center of the store. And like you would see in the perfect meet cute in a great romantic comedy, a good looking blonde man slides up to me and looks (laughs) at me right in the face and says, we have to talk about Kyle.
0: Oh, no. Recognized my
1: voice, knew who I was, knew who you were and was like, we have to talk about Kyle. Of course he knows who I am. Yeah. So, of course, I was at a store where you used to work and this person has known Mm -hmm. you for a lot longer than I have. But recognized my voice and was like, I, we have to talk about Kyle. And went on to give a diatribe about how maybe on behalf of all the people that don't know you and all the people that are getting to know you and all of the people that you're going to be friends with without making them jump through 50 hoops, that I should be doing a better public service of telling you that you need to get your act together. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: that sounds about right i know who this person is so that sounds about right
1: so next week it's going to be welcome to somebody date jen and kyle this is kyle's intervention we're just going to have people phone in and be like what's wrong with you what's wrong with you why do you keep dating this kind of man do you want to say anything out there to the throngs of people (laughs) that are maybe maybe concerned that you're stalling wasting you know daylight time
0: well, to be fair, Jen, I don't deserve to be happy. So I think that's part of the reason. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's funny. He mentioned that also, that there's a little bit of self-sabotage. And by little, I mean it's an Academy Award winning performance of self-sabotage. It's weird because you're caught between this. This is what I want. And then when you get close to it, you're like, I can't have that. Is that why you're so thin? You must diet this way. Well,
0: right now I'm starving myself. Oh, so, yes. <laughs> God,
1: I don't want to hear that.
0: There are so many things wrong with me, but... There's this push and pull, where it's like, am I just settling, or is this actually a red flag, or am I actually experiencing doubts about this, or is this self-sabotage, and should I just get over myself and like push myself forward? Or are you one I of those honestly people, think that,
1: or are you one of those people that believes like when you know you know?
0: I really do. i know, I know that this is a bad mojo that's been baked in by Hollywood and everything, no, but I, I do feel so. that at a certain level, it's like when you know, it's like no. Like this, this is it. This is what I'm looking for.
1: So if you genuinely believe in your heart of heart, that when you know, you know, what are you doing with this guy? What are you doing with New York State of Mind? You know that you don't know. So let it go.
0: Well, I need, I need stories every week, Jen. So I do need something. (laughs) Oh my God.
1: Here's hoping he doesn't listen to this podcast to hear you say, I'm with this guy because I need content. Yikes. On the topic of sorry, which is what I want to talk about tonight. Let me just ask you this question, Kyle. Kyle, have you ever had a moment in a relationship when you were really, truly sorry?
0: This is going to, unfortunately, showcase my lack of experience once again. I mean, I've talked about that story, was it last week or the week before? Like, my first girlfriend I had in university and said, like, I don't think I can love you to her face. Yeah,
1: I don't think (laughs) I love you. Like an awful
0: person. So that I do legitimately feel sorry for. That's the only thing that really jumps to mind for me
1: next question have you ever apologized when you didn't want to
0: well yes but not in a relationship context
1: well what was it outside of a relationship context
0: you always get those moments in school or even at home it's like apologize to your sister or apologize to whomever it's like all right i'm sorry but you don't really mean it yeah here's the here's the issue jen is that for the longest time i was an over apologizer i just said sorry for everything like i preemptively said sorry to Existing that I have slowly tried to work out of my system as much as possible. But when you live your life having so much anxiety and so much like low self worth, where it's like, I'm sorry that I'm just like existing in this world and walking through it, like your whole perception of apologies and what you should or should not be apologizing for is so out of whack.
1: Uh, I could not agree more. I could not agree more with that statement. And for all of the things that you say that I just go, "What's wrong with Kyle?" This is one time where I agree with you completely.
0: <laughs> Jen, I think I know the answer to this question, but like how often do you apologize?
1: <laughs> Sorry. Let me just grab Let me just grab my box. Let me just here. Pull, I'm just okay. I'm just I'm just pulling this into let me just
0: get it in here. Just get, That's a huge you, box. Yeah, yeah, this is
1: I have, this is my I have something wow. to say box. So let me just let me mm-hmm. just stand up here and <clears throat> this is my soapbox on sorry, honestly, Kyle. Kyle, I think I have run out of sorry. I live in a time and in a space where I have to apologize for my gender, my whiteness, my lack of lived experience. I have to apologize for my wokeness my lack of wokeness, and my failure to demonstrate just the right amount of empathy at any given time. I have to apologize for what I'm not, usually totally discounting from the jump all of the awesomeness of what I already am. I have to apologize for sitting back, for leaning in, and for standing up for myself. I have to apologize for my ambition, the fruits of that ambition, and any shred of luck I have along the way. I have to apologize for what I am, how I came to acquire it, and not being generous enough with it. I have to apologize for asking tough questions, having a point of view, and challenging the status quo in any environment that I'm in. I have to apologize for not suffering fools. I have to apologize for what I want and then for undertaking the pursuit of achieving what I want all on my own. I have to apologize for how tall, how wide, and how hungry I am at any given point in the day. I have to apologize for emails that are sent more than 10 minutes overdue, for speaking too long, and of course for tripping over my words. I apologize when someone bumps or backs into me and sometimes... Sometimes I apologize if someone just stares at me long enough. I apologize for the sins of others, sometimes that predate my experience. I apologize for being the inconvenience of others. And I apologize for being the kind of bold that is afforded to every other freaking man on this planet. So I think at 38, I have run out of sorry. Help me
0: down. Vote Jen Sanford. Vote Jen Sanford. Help me down. Help me down. (laughs) Okay, so here. I'll take your hand here for just a moment. (laughs) Are these things clearly a you problem, Jen?
1: (laughs) No, no. They're an us problem. And that is another thing that I'm apologizing for. I am apologizing all the time for things that I can easily say. This is clearly a you problem. And I am struck by Mm. how much lately I look at situations and just say, this feels like a you problem. Like I just absolve myself. <laughs> and and whereas normally I would tip myself right into the experience of apologizing. Like I think about this. The next time you bump into someone, do you say sorry or do you say pardon me?
0: I'm a Canadian. So I say sorry.
1: I'm less and less convinced that that is right. But I will say, say
0: fuck you the next time. Yeah, and bet, and you bet you won't.
1: Bet you won't. Anybody who knows you would be like you would leave and then you'd be like, well, I can never go outside again. And I hate Jennifer for putting me up to it. And then I would have to say sorry. And the cycle of bullshit would continue. But I will say in my last relationship, of which I believe I said a ton of sorry, and I would think that the catalyst, in addition to him thinking monogamy is a type of wood, one of the biggest issues that we had was the idea that I believe that he could not sincerely say sorry. And he believed Mm -hmm. that I was incapable of saying sorry. And would often just say, like, you're a narcissist. You don't say sorry. And I'm just like, but I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. And I forgot about it until I was watching the reboot of Sex in the City, which is like Golden Girls Take New York. What did they call it? Golden Girls Are in New York. What is it called? I can't. It doesn't matter.
0: I, 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 girls Gone Miles. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. That's right. And Charlotte is playing tennis and she like her, her husband falls or something or she hits him or whatever. And he's like, well, it hurts my feelings that you don't say sorry. And she like loses it. She's like. I'm not saying sorry, because I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not Mm -hmm. sorry. So I'm not going to say it. And he's like, well, just say it. It'll make me feel better. And she's like, no, because I don't mean it. I'm not going to say sorry.
0: I feel this is going to derail the podcast too much. But this is also one of my biggest pet peeves. Two different things, which is one, yes, apologizing in a public sphere, at least, when you don't actually feel remorse about the thing that you did, it bugs me. It's like, you're just doing this because you think you need to do it. So I'd rather you just not say it. Or the new thing that politicians and celebrities love to do, which they lead with this. I'm sorry if you were offended. Oh, that's "That's not just celebrities.
1: That's everybody. I'm sorry if you feel that that hurt your feelings. Or I'm sorry that you are hurt by this. (laughs) Yeah, that that is what we would call an apology. You're apologizing. It's like close, but not sincere to be real. I, yeah, I don't think that that is, that is, that is a Hollywood thing. I think that that's a thing all the time. My pet peeve is when people say sorry, and then they replicate the behavior again. Like I've, like the amount of times I'm just like, don't say sorry, just fix it. Like, just fix it. And don't put us back here again. You know, my last partner is like, oh, I'm really sorry that I cheated. Are you cheating with other people? Yeah. <laughs> what are you sorry about then? <laughs> well. Sorry that you got caught or like, where are you, where are you at? And I just think like it cheapens the word. And of course, it's I'll often say that it's miserable dating a woman who is a communicator because of course we value words. It's also miserable dating a woman with bangs. They're never satisfied. I have both. So I already know that I'm tough out the gate. But like words matter to me. And be impeccable with your word was something that really was an espoused value with my dad. He's like, you know, people who are not impeccable with their word are are not people you want to be affiliated with. So when people are reckless with the words that they choose to use, sor- sorry is like the word awesome. Like when someone's like, oh, that's mm-hmm. totally awesome. I'm like, check yourself, man. It's a burger with an extra patty. It's not awesome. It's just a burger with an extra patty, right? Like, I just feel like people just... Use words until they mean it actually nothing. actually inspired
0: awe inside of you.
1: Exactly. Like, look at the root of the word. Like, I just like I think we should be captivated by the language we use. And when we use sorry, it should mean to express remorse and the dissatisfaction to replicate the behavior. And I think we, I think we are taught. Like, you used the example with your sister. I think we are taught. Like, there was lots of times where people say you're sorry, and you're like, <laughs> like you, were not sorry.
0: <laughs> so not we're taught really from a young words. age
1: that sorry is kind of bullshit.
0: I do want to basically just nip this in the bud as well, and I am going to apologize for all of our American listeners especially, who are probably doubling over laughing at how you and I are pronouncing the word sorry. I think so because every american i visited thinks we are so adorable in how we say that word <laughs> because you check it out Canadians say sorry with uh, their mouth actually forms an o yeah. to say sorry sorry and americans do it with an a yeah they say sorry yeah
1: they say sorry they're very sorry Anyways. yeah I and mean, we're sorry they're sorry we're sorry
0: let's bring over the fishbowl Jen.
1: all righty you take it away this week.
0: I'll just take out my keys here. I'm not sorry about the keys in there. How about that? There you go. This is the first question. I'm in this fucking hell loop with my girlfriend of two years. She throws a fight. I defend myself. And we, and we remain fighting until I have to say sorry. Note the I there. It's always me saying sorry. Get me out of it.
1: Sure. Jen, how, how can we help you to write your new Tinder bio? Send us some information about yourself and we'll uh, we'll build. a communicator.
0: She can yeah, write that out. I'll
1: happily build that for you. If you've been together for two years and she's never said sorry. Yeah. Congratulations. Welcome to my hobby club of collecting red flags. <laughs> we meet every Tuesday at the bar. See you there. Yeah, you're done.
0: Yeah, I don't see how you're not. Especially when you're saying to get me out of it. Like you're not <laughs> okay, happy. Like,
1: talk about the language that you choose to use. Like you're done. Just so, just be done.
0: This is an old reference that now no one will understand. Did you watch The Simpsons growing up at all, jam"? Yeah, a little bit. Were you a family that watched it?
1: Uh, we weren't a family that did anything, but I think I watched it.
0: Well, there's this great episode where Homer gets this huge party sub that he's eating, and he eats it over the span of like multiple days and weeks. Oh my god! To the point where it's getting like gross yeah. and rancid, and it turns gray, but he still keeps eating. He, he's getting sick out of it. And eventually he gets, throws it into the trash. And he's like, oh, I can't stay mad at you. And then takes another bite oh. out of this putrid sub that's still there. This is the relationship you're in. Yes. person that's writing in. It's right. Stop eating the sub. Yeah. You just put it down. It's in the garbage.
1: Yeah. Sorry, but better luck next time.
0: I was in a restaurant with my wife of three years. A waiter was rude to her and I acknowledge he was rude. Then she tells me I need to ask him to apologize. I just couldn't do it. I thought the better plan was not to tip or return to the restaurant. She thought that being a man means calling out the waiter's behavior as asking her to apologize to my wife. So then she's furious with me. We have been revisiting this incident for five weeks now. Oh, my goodness. important to her.
1: And, of course, this gentleman is writing in from the Wi-Fi in his doghouse. Five weeks? (laughs) Well, listen, I think that we... There is like a sort of an old trope of of wanting men to you know defend our honor. I do think that there's still a little bit of that that goes on, but I do also think that this is 2022, and you own your own experience. She's asking him not only to do something that is clearly outside of his character, but then to do it in a way that is genuinely uncomfortable for him. And I think that. Part of loving someone has got to be meeting them where they're at. They've been married for three years. Chances are good they dated for some time before that. Like he's probably proven himself to be the type of man that's like, I kind of just want to let my actions speak louder than my words. I think if if that's not suitable for her, then she's got to be prepared to put up or shut up and speak for herself.
0: This is one of those questions where I wish there was just a little bit more detail because I want to know what kind of rude we're talking about here. Like, Kurt to the point. Yeah, jerky, rude behavior. Or did he like call her a bitch or something to her face? Because I think there's this weird sliding scale of like, okay, like we're in this restaurant. It's a rude waiter. Well, whatever. We can not tip or whatever. But if he's being like aggressively, like overtly awful to someone, I feel like you need to step in. Someone needs to step in at that point.
1: Okay, just because I want to imagine it in my mind, because I feel like this guy is Mm -hmm. sort of like a gentle giant and so are you.
0: Mm -hmm. So let's say you're
1: on a date with a woman. And you've been going Mm -hmm. out with her for some time. Like, you know her well.
0: What crazy future does that be, Jen? What crazy future is that?
1: (laughs) And a waiter calls your date a bitch. What do you do? Walk me me through all the parts so I can imagine it in my mind.
0: Okay, but you have to yes and me here, Jen, okay? You can't. (laughs) Okay. You have to improv with me. Oh, wait. No, I would I, I would have to be straight up to the point. But I mean, excuse me, what did you just say? It's like, I don't think that's acceptable. And I think I need to talk to your supervisor. Like, it would just go straight to that. There's no reasoning with the person at that point. And I'm going to get a comped meal out of the whole thing. That's what I'm going to get.
1: So yes, and he says, I am the manager.
0: <laughs> Damn it, you called my bluff. No. <laughs>
1: like, are you gonna st- are you going to stand up for a woman and be like... What did yeah, you just say? I, I
0: would. I, I, I would if it was that way. I've been in situations and very recently was out with someone and we decided to share a ramen bowl together because in the menu it says like it's a very large order of ramen. Yes. All right. Enough for two people to share.
1: That's right. Because if there's one thing you need to know about Kyle, he likes big bowls.
0: That's right. And I. Do not lie. They bring it out, and it's not that big of a bowl of ramen. I'm just going to put it out there. It's like the whole Major Tom situation, where it's going to give me a huge plate of spaghetti. I'm like, <laughs> did like you a, not bring it all out? A
1: Kristen ration of spaghetti, the funniest ever. You ate it in four bites.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so they bring this out, but only in one bowl. When it felt like what they had communicated, like we're two, we want it split into the two bowls. No, they when wanted you, br- you to lay me in the trampet. Without any ladle or anything like that. So we are trying to dump it into bowls. It was a whole awkward situation. And that's, honestly, I am the person, though, that happens, like, whatever. Good story. Like, dumb mistake. Whatever. But the person I was with, like, really got into it with the waiter. Like, we expected there was supposed to be two bowls here. We had to, like, dump this out. And, like, then we spilled a bunch on the table. And this wasn't acceptable. And we did get free drinks out of the deal, which was nice. But, I mean... At the same time, like, that is something I would have just let go in the moment. But something more aggressively and overt, yeah, absolutely, I would step in.
1: I have to tell you that in the spirit of being, like, the great healer uh, of every situation Mm -hmm. I'm in, speaking of saying sorry, on my birthday, no, actually, the night before my birthday, I went out to dinner with Jesus to my favorite restaurant. And he has the patience of a gnat. And when he's already frustrated, which Mm -hmm. he was when we walked into the restaurant, It gets even worse. And so he goes to the front and he decides in his infinite wisdom, this is where I kind of was like, what am I doing with my life? In his infinite wisdom, he's like kind of trying to get someone's attention. So he takes the glass partition that separates like the the hostess desk from the general public Mm -hmm. and he rattles it and completely Mm -hmm. snaps it in half. To Mm -hmm. which then anyone in the front part of the rest, is this mortifying? This is my I lived yes. this. I lived this, Kyle. He just snaps I would it. He's calling s- the Uber. Snaps it right <laughs> at in that half. Point. And everyone in the front of the restaurant sees him do it. And then he's just standing holding half of this partition. Like a part of a partition? Like an Ugh. idiot. And then the woman comes up and she's like, What happened? And to be fair, to his credit, he didn't say he could have been like, This broke. He was like, I broke this off. And so then I, he's, she's like, okay, well, there's a wait for a table. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And then he turns to me and the look on my face is like mortification personified. And I'm like, animal, get me out of here. Get me out of here. And he's like, no, it's your birthday live." And I'm like, I am going to shank you. Get me out of here. And so he's like, okay, we can go. And I think before he was out of the second set of doors, I was already at the vehicle. And we drove, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he drove me home in complete silence. Like I, like my stuff was at his place to spend the night there because it was my birthday the next day. And he just like drove me home. And I don't even think the vehicle came to a full stop before I jumped out and shut the door. And I just locked it. And I think he sat out front for like a good chunk of time trying to figure out what to do. And I was just like, nope. And I was like, that was it. I was, I was done. So then the next day, of course, is my birthday I have to go back to the restaurant on my birthday because I am the great healer and my, my parents raised me right. I go back to set restaurant. I see the partition is gone and I'm like, hi, I'm Jen. I was in yesterday and the person I was dining with, because I didn't have the courage to be like my boyfriend. I just was like, I, the, a person. My
0: male lover.
1: <laughs> my man friend. <laughs> the person I was dining with yesterday broke your partition. And I would like to pay to repair it because I think that if people need it to feel safe to work and she's like, what happened? Is he like an anti-vaxxer or like a freedom person? I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure you put this whole persona. And I was like, no, no, he's just like this. And I was so mortified. I was so mortified. So then I (laughs)
0: gestures with hands. So then I
1: sat there and had. Because it's still my favorite restaurant. So then I sat there and I had lunch by myself on my birthday because I (laughs) wanted to eat there. And then she comes in and she's like, like, she just felt terrible. She was like, you shouldn't have to pay for this other situation, which I'm like, don't disagree, but I want to make it right. She's like, we're 50-50 split on it. Half of us are like grateful it's gone and the other half are like, it's too expensive to ask you to replace it. And I was like, no, last year on my birthday, I got a traffic ticket. So at least this will go to some goodwill, right? And that's when I really realized like, it's really a truly gruesome thing to have to say sorry, but it's a totally, totally demoralizing and debilitating experience mm-hmm. to have to say sorry for somebody else. I hate that.
0: Did they bring you like a single cupcake with a candle in it?
1: No. They were just like, God, your oh. life is sad. Don't kill yourself on this, the way
0: out. Can you leave? You're making us sad. I know. Did we answer this question, Jen? We did answer the question because
1: I... Yeah, we did. Because I think what the point that I'm trying to make with that incredibly ridiculous story, which I guarantee you is true is that apologizing for yourself is hard. Apologizing for another person is totally terrible. And I think he he's now caught in this environment that the only made it, way to make it better is that he has to apologize not just for the, what the waiter did to his wife, he now has to apologize for not behaving in a way that if the situation replicated himself, he still wouldn't want to do it. And I think the bigger question to mm. the wife in this question is, do you want your husband to start apologizing disingenuously? Because that feels like a really shitty road ahead.
0: Well, there's a bunch more questions here. So let me pull up this next question out of the fishbowl. Every time I piss on my... Nope. <laughs> no. Oh,
1: no. What did every you just time... say? What did you just say?
0: Freudian slip. I said, every time I piss on my boyfriend, I'm like, oh, that's my... not what that says. Kyle, not... um, Kyle, every time, <laughs> every time. Hey, some people are into water sports. I'm not here to judge. Yikes. Every time I piss off my boyfriend. I end up having to apologize for things in the past that I've already apologized for. Why? Mm. Two question marks.
1: Ooh, you go first.
0: I think this is toxic behavior. If you have offered up an apology and are truly meaningful with that apology, I believe it is incumbent on the other person to accept that apology and move on. If they are now using that to weaponize things against you in a future fight, that Uh, is a jerky thing to do i would have maybe a conversation about that before ditching them
1: um do you know what gunny sacking is i talked about that on the podcast it sounds very sexual but it's not
0: yeah i was taking pills for it for a while but
1: (laughs) that's right no so gunny sacking is the idea that to conflate an argument to make it bigger than it is You add in Mm, all the sins of the past so that the gunny sack feels really full so that you can get what you want, which is not a big apology, right? So it's, you know, it's the process of making a series of mohills together into a mountain. And not to pick on a gender, but women really do this with great veracity. They do this with good skill and precision. If you've ever had a conversation with someone, and it's usually when your resilience is totally done, right? Like the screen door is sticking or somebody left something open or... The laundry wasn't folded and it just sat in the dryer until it's like, you're like, should I just rewash this?
0: The answer is always yes. Yeah, of course.
1: The answer is yes. Don't be an animal. You look at your partner and you're like, you didn't fold the laundry. This is just like that time when we went to that wedding and you let my dress sit in the car and get wrinkled. Right. And this is just like the time that when Aunt Bessie died and I needed help with the eulogy, you were unavailable for me. And this is just like the time when we went to your parents for that weekend, and you went out with your friends and left me there. And this is just like the time. Anytime you do that, you're gunny sacking to make the argument better, to make the argument like bolder, so you can get the type of robust apology that you want.
0: Well, not only that, but now you're not actually arguing about the thing that you're upset by. You're adding all this extra stuff into the argument that doesn't need to be there. You're upset by this thing that just happened, so have that conversation about the thing that just happened.
1: Yeah, I think a, a great way to to nip this type of behavior is when you're arguing about something like okay, you just you've just had it out about the laundry, then you say, "Can we move past this issue or will this come up again later?" Like I think what what is what is happening in this gunny, the reason why gunny sacking is happening is because she's looking to build a brand of you that you don't like, right? She's looking to to build a persona and a vision of you as something. And she's looking for evidence to help collect it, right? It's like if you're in a relationship with someone and they're, they've decided that you're not honest, then it, you would be surprised that the gunny-sacking behavior always comes back to how this one offense speaks to the bigger travesty of honesty, right? Like you told me you would take this out and you didn't, right? You told me you'd take dinner out of the freezer and you didn't. This is just like the time you told me you would do this and you didn't. This is just like the time that you said this and you didn't. What they're trying to do is they're trying to also agenda set to make the argument that you are something and and should therefore be sorry for that. And so I think what's happening here is that the boyfriend of this of this question asker has decided that she's someone that should be very sorry. And what she needs to figure out is what exactly is it that I should be sorry for? Is it having too many asks? Is it to like figure out what you're sorry for and then really take a step back and say, am I prepared to be sorry for this? And should I be sorry for this? If the answer is yes, I should be sorry Mm -hmm. for this because there's a pattern of behavior Then say you're sorry and move on. But if you're not, if you're like, well, that pattern of behavior is not inherently who I am, then congratulations, your relationship is over.
0: Uh, Jen, is it healthier for the long-term health of my relationship just to apologize even if I don't mean it?
1: No. No. Sincerity. Be impeccable with your word. Come
0: on! I agree with that. But I need to do an asterisk.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs)
0: Broadly speaking, don't apologize for things that you're not actually sorry about. Bad news. However, this does get wrapped up into this thing that is sort of a pet theory of mine, which is that we kind of talked in our arguing episode about, which is... Is this worth the fight (laughs) or is it worth the health of the relationship? And what I mean by that is that, is it like a minor thing that the other person is not like making a huge issue about? I'm trying to think of something dumb. Uh, You didn't wash the dishes after you made dinner. Oh, you know what? I apologize. I'm sorry. Let me just go on and do this. Even though you had an important call that came up, even though you had this other stuff, even though there's a good, valid reason that you had it. You know what? You're right. I didn't. Let's just move on. I'll go and dry them now. It's not enough to make this a huge argument or a huge deal. Those types of things are the things that is like, I have no problem just being like, you know what? You're right. Sorry. Let me just go and do that now versus big things where it's like, don't start apologizing if you're not truly, really sorry about them.
1: I think that what we're talking about here, it, when I go back to that to that episode we had about arguing I think what you're talking about there is a little bit different. You're talking about dropping the rope. Mm-hmm. You're saying like, this is not my Everest yeah. to climb today. I don't need to educate them right. around the context of my day. They're upset that the dishwasher wasn't emptied. I can just say, apologies, I'm going to get to it right now. And I think that that's, that's the process of dropping the rope, which is a little bit different than the act of remorse, which is allow me wholeheartedly to apologize for the dishwasher not being.
0: I've prepared this five-minute speech. <laughs> gonna... let
1: me get my soapbox.
0: Jen are the rules of apologies different For men than women Oh for sure Why
1: I don't know I don't know why But I know that they are Do you think they are
0: I do But I don't know why Like this is a This, is, this kind of hit me Out of the blue here Because I think there is fundamentally A difference within a relationship When a man apologizes And a woman apologizes But I fear that that's just like A latent uh, misogyny on my part So I don't know I feel like there's a difference though
1: I feel like if I can just take a, like a really wide sweep at, at you know, gender stereotypes, which you can send your hate mail to so somebody date Jen and Kyle, that's jen double N at gmail.com. I feel like for men, it's about quantity. Like women like to see an apology as a marker of men saying, oh, I realize that that is behavior that you don't like. I see it and I hear it and I value you. Therefore, let me have a quick apology. Uh, and it's also, I think, a control metric. Can I get a man to apologize? Because it's a way of almost seeing it as subservient. So I think for women to men, it's about, you know, a a quantity issue. And I think women apologizing to men, it's about quality. It's about the quality, not the Mm. quantity. It's about the quality. It's about it being heartfelt. It's about it being not motivated by, I'm sorry, but, or let me explain it to you. It's like a legitimate, like, I'm sorry, I I mis I I'm sorry. It's and it's about <sighs> yeah. and I think I'm sorry for men, your feelings were hurt. I'm yeah. sorry that your feelings were hurt. I'm sorry, but like women are so good at this. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but in my defense, I'm like, mm, those are not the s- same. That's like people who say, um, not to be rude, but you know, the next thing out of their mouth is going to be so ignorant.
0: Not to be racist, but I'm like, oh boy, strap in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can think, you know, when I was married, I was like having a shower one morning and he flipped the, flipped the dial to cold and it went cold and I couldn't figure out why it was cold because I didn't even think he was home, let alone in the bath. Like I could have uh. been murdered. I didn't even think he was in the bathroom until. <laughs> so then one day I decided to do it to him. Except I flipped it all the way to hot. And we had one of the hottest settings in our home. Like it was like the hot water was so hot in that, in that, in our very first home that we owned together. And he got caught on the other side of the shower. Cause of course I just flipped it and walked out of the bathroom. And he got caught on the other side of the shower away from the handle. And I could have seriously, seriously hurt him. And he flew out of, like, he ripped the shower curtain right off the rod. And he was, like, just screaming, like, Jennifer, Jennifer. And I came in and and I realized, like, how hot it was. And I think that there was nothing I could have offered other than, like, sit down. Are you okay? I'm so sorry. I flipped the dial the wrong way. I was my intention was just to be fun. Not that that's an excuse. I'm so sorry. So I think there was an example of like the quality of that, that I could really hurt him. Oh my God. Like even to this Mm -hmm. day, I'm like, I've never messed with a dial ever again, because that was so, that was so scarring. Like, obviously you love your husband, you love their body. And the last thing you want to do is, is harm it in any way. And oh my God, it was terrible. But I think the question there was about quality. It was a quality apology that was needed there. It wasn't like 10,000 apologies. It was like, I do you see me? Do you see me looking at you? I'm so mm-hmm. sorry that I did this to you. I'm so, so sorry. I'll never do it again.
0: This is definitely, I would love to hear what our audience has to say about this question specifically. Are the rules of apologies different for men than women? So yeah, go to our website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com, that's Jen with two N's, or Write us at our our email address. Jen, I have a friend who used to say sorry a lot. She would apologize in situations that was completely and utterly unnecessary, such as simply speaking to someone. It got to the point where we had to bring the issue up to her about not saying it. She was totally aware she was doing it and proceeded to say sorry about saying sorry. She was good for a time, but now it started again. How do we help her? Jen, if this had been written... Fifteen years ago, this would have been my university roommates. No talking way. Talking about me.
1: No way. Mm-hmm. Really.
0: Thousand percent. They sat me down and said, "This is a problem."
1: <gasps> You're kidding. Why didn't you lead with no. that? They really sat you down and said, "What?" Like you say sorry too much, and it's a problem. You say
0: sorry too much to the point where they felt like it didn't mean anything anymore because you just were saying That's it. That's the thing, right? And again, this goes back. It's like I was being sorry for basically just existing in the world. Like, I was just so frantic and anxious and nervous about everything and, like, the first time away from home, basically. So it would be, it's like, I'm so sorry for cooking dinner while we share a, a, a living space together. I'm so sorry that I'm walking through the, the living room. I'm so sorry that I've, I've just come home. I'm just sorry that I opened my door. I'm just so sorry that I did this. I'm sorry that I'm saying sorry so many times. Like, it really was a, a problem. A little bit different because once they... I don't think I even fully clocked how many times I was saying it in a day until they told it to me. And then I clocked it myself. I'm like, this is aggressive that I've been at 90 times before noon. So like, I need to. So
1: how did you deal with it? Maybe you're the most qualified here to answer this question. How did you deal with it?
0: Well, acceptance that you're doing it is really the first step. There was a manager I had in a previous job who had this example, which is just the idea of observing your surroundings. If you want to make changes in your life, if you want to make changes, the only way you can do it is by observing what is happening first. And, the, and he would always say, it's like you could walk the same route every single day. You get up, you go at the door, you walk your little route, maybe you have your little toto dog with you and you're having a great old walk. and You come back, but it's actually a fundamentally different thing. If you say, okay, now notice and identify every single thing that is red on that walk. And then you're like, oh, I didn't notice that this post was read before. I didn't notice that there was this flag that this person flew on their house. And I didn't know that that car was red. And like, you start to notice all these different things. And it just becomes more powerful because like, oh, now I've noticed this. that I was just walking past before. And so for your own life, in this case, once you started identifying it and are really clocking it with yourself, like, oh, okay, I just said it. Did I actually mean it? Yes. <laughs> or why am I using it in this situation? And you do have to kind of be that self-reflexive. There are absolutely good times to say that. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get past someone at the opera because everyone goes to the opera. Yeah, you could say, hey, s- excuse me, I need to get past you. Thank you so much.
1: That didn't include sorry. Sorry. That sentence didn't include sorry.
0: You know, I accidentally punched the prima ballerina. I'm like, I'm so oh, sorry I'm so that sorry. I ruined your performance of yes. Swan Lake. There's, there's reasonable times you're going to say sorry in a day, but you should not be doing it to such an extent that it's causing people not to believe what you're saying.
1: Agreed. That's well said. That's well said. I do think that there's a space here for some therapy, much like for Kyle, you have to realize like, what's the root cause behind the the need to apologize? Like what's really going on? There seems to be something in the past or sort of in their mind that's, that's creating this kind of environment. So
0: yeah, it's dangerous to try and like offer that type of help here on a podcast. And I just know for me, what was going on is that I had been kind of like psychologically damaged through a bunch of different events in my pre in, in my earlier life that it did feel like I was imposing yeah people. I, that I was that. imposing myself on people when I was just like, you're just you're just here in a room where you should be anyways. Anyways, that's a my spinoff podcast called All of Kyle's Issues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a mini
0: series. Yeah, it's a mini series of 49 parts. Jen, last question here. Can you ask for forgiveness without saying sorry?
1: Oh, God, that's a hard question. What's going on in this fishbowl? This was a super hard fishbowl. Is this the last question? It is, yeah. Um, Can you ask for forgiveness without saying sorry? No. Wait a minute. I think you can give forgiveness to someone without having heard sorry from them. Because forgiveness is something that you give yourself, not someone else. So I think you can give someone forgiveness, but I think you can't ask for forgiveness unless there's a sense of capitulation. If you're not sorry, what do you want forgiveness for? To continue the behavior? Mm -hmm. Well, then you're not sorry at all. Nope. You can't have one without the other, but on the flip side, you can give forgiveness without having heard, I'm sorry. And from lots of people,
0: forgiveness is yours to give.
1: Yes. Yeah. And if you dated my high school boyfriend, that's been your experience. You've had to (laughs) give them forgiveness because you certainly never heard sorry.
0: All right. Well, that's the fishbowl, Jen. If people want to submit their own questions to the fishbowl, again, you can go to that website, somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. So
1: the burning question, the question of the week this week was, do apologies need context? Like in order for someone to apologize, does the full story of what happened have to come Mm -hmm. out? So according to NPR, in an article that NPR did called, you're apologizing all wrong, here's how to say sorry the right way. There's a a paragraph right near the end that caught my attention and it reads, your attention when apologizing should be on the impact of your words or deeds, Mm -hmm. not your intention. Zero in on the situation at hand and stay attuned to the needs of the person who is hurting. This is not the two words I'm sorry that will heal the injury. The hurt party wants to know that we really get it, that we validate their feelings and that we care, and I'm adding this for myself, and not that they understand the context that led to what happened. Right. They argue that there's no need to tell the whole story of what happened. And apology is apology. It just says, I hear you. I see you. I feel you. I want to apologize. So, Kyle, is this bullshit? Do apologies need context or No.
0: No. They don't. I I think this is actually right on the money personally with this, because if you are apologizing, if that is the agreement you're going into, what I really key on here is that line that says it's the impact of your words or deeds. That is what you're apologizing for. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day what the context is. That is getting almost into like justification for what happened. If you open up the door too quickly and accidentally smack your dad in the face, right? Sure. Yeah, that was not your intention or so you say, Jen, that was not your (laughs) intention. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. He's still getting stitches. So like you have to be like, this was what happened. I apologize for the harm that it caused you. It doesn't matter what the context was. What you did or what you said is what the issue is. This is also the thing that I think people take too long to apologize. Too people like want to go on these like epic soliloquies about like feelings and like the the rest of their day and how it came to this point when it's like this is what happened this is what I'm apologizing for this is how we're gonna make it better yeah but
1: that happens because people want to be instantly absolved and the more context sure. they can provide I think this is bullshit I disagree with you Kyle I think this is bullshit mm. because it misses out on this one important caveat which is that I do think we need to state whether or not there was malice. Like if the door hits my dad in the face and he gets 12 stitches, it becomes behoovent upon me to probably offer at some point that the wind caught the door and that's why it hit him. That it was not my intention to swing that door hard enough to hit him in the face. I have to just pause. because
0: this is allegedly, this is allegedly what I have to
1: apologize. Like, I have to just say this because there'll never be a moment on the podcast to tell this story. I promise you this. My father, about five years ago, four years ago, was taking my nephew, so his grandson, to the hockey rink for practice. They were at the arena at the Edge School. Shout out to Edge. Go... I don't know vipers. I don't the know what they are. Pandas, whatever they I have are, no idea. and the 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 arena was completely empty. So like there was just my dad in one seat up near the back, and this one kid at the end of practice hauls off this slap shot so hard it ricochets off the sideboards, and in a total. Twist of fate, despite the fact that there were all those seats and not a single person sitting in them, that puck at full speed hit my dad right in the glasses. Like oh a one in a million shot and knocked him right unconscious. Like he just oh my God. slouched forward. He just slouched forward. And like the the trainer and the and the hockey uh, Equipment people had to run over there, and there's my dad. Just not a single other soul in that arena, and he's just sitting there, slumped over, with his glasses shattered inward. And they had to they had to take him to the hospital and g- new pair of glasses. And you have to know that that kid didn't just say like sorry. Well, like you have to know that that kid did. Had he to apologize. He did. But you also have to know that he he had to say. I legitimately did not. There was no malice intended. I did not mean to sure. hit you on purpose. Like, I think that that it just becomes a quintessential part of the, the analogy when there's no malice intended. There's no intention to hurt. I think that becomes an important part of the ap- apology. And I think this article sloughs over that by saying that, no, it's just the words and the deeds. But I do think that people do need the reinforcement of it was not my intention to hurt you. I appreciate that I did, but it was not my intention to hurt you. I mean, in the in the case of my dad with the glasses, I think that kid also did say, on your way home, I would buy a lottery ticket. Like the fact that that hit you in the only <laughs> occupied seat might be like, you could never replicate that. Anyway, I digress.
0: He also under his breath said, you better check the shadows, old man. <laughs> like he really kept the yeah, eyes on your dad. That's from right. Then on. Yeah.
1: But it was just one eye because my dad had a lot of stitches from that day.
0: All right. Well, that is our episode here for this week. Uh, We've talked about the website already here on this episode, but there's some other ways that you can get in contact with us and see what we're up to. We're on three social media platforms. We are on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and of course, we're on TikTok at Somebody Date. I have not flossed yet, like the dance.
1: Not yet operative word on not Not yet. yet I am Jen Sanford this is Kyle Marshall you're listening to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle on this Friday night thank you for joining us stay safe out there and we'll see you next week good night
0: bye